0: Good morning, Back Row Radio. I'm Matt,
1: and I'm Hillary,
0: and you're streaming the Morning Side Hug,
1: completely loving, socially awkward, and decidedly Christian.
0: <laughs> we are a Back Row Morning Show exclusively on BackRowRadio.com.
1: On today's show, struggling to get pregnant,
0: plus the latest news, random facts, and more. But first, today is what is today? July 27th. Goodness gracious! Hey, just just in case you haven't noticed already, that that's not Mo talking.
1: Yeah, I already introduced myself, uh, Matt. I said Mo I'm Hillary. Mo
0: is on. <laughs> vacation for a couple of weeks and so uh you know luckily here at the Morningside like, we have no shortage of people willing to jump in and fill in for Mo when she's gone
1: and yet and, I'm uh, here we
0: have we have a list and and since Mo was gone we invited the top of the list to come in and join me today and everyone but said that no person couldn't be here <laughs> so Hillary is here <laughs> stepping on my job <sighs> Now, today is uh, July 27th. We're almost done with July, and we have a holiday to celebrate. What do we got today?
1: Today, it's take your houseplant for a walk day. (laughs) I'm going to tell you about that, but first, I'm going to awkwardly pause. No, I'm just kidding. Okay, take your houseplant for a walk day is... is for enthusiastic plant growers to take their plants for a walk to get additional sunlight during summer days and also to make them meet the surrounding environment. That's not weird. Sure, it's a weird day to observe.
0: It is weird. It
1: is weird. It (laughs) is weird. I didn't read this. It's okay. It is believed that the changing of the environment is healthy for the plants because plants have a sense of knowing the surrounding. That's also weird. This day (laughs) provides opportunity for you to bond with your plants. Also weird <laughs> if you're bonding with your plants, but hey, I bonded with coffee this morning, so it's fine. On this day, throw your shyness away and become a proud plant owner and stroll your plant through the streets, parts, et Put know, them in a stroller. I don't care. Given,
0: given the the state this year has produced, if I yeah. saw somebody walking down the street carrying a giant fern, I wouldn't think anything of it. Me neither. you are like, Yep. That, that makes sense. sense to me yeah it's 2020 <laughs> nothing means anything nope. so it's been a minute hillary since you've been on the show
1: um probably two or been three on. two yeah. or three minutes two or
0: three uh lots happened we'll get into the most important thing that's happened since uh later on in the show has but it
1: literally been that long
0: i believe so
1: oh my gosh
0: i mean it's that's been like a four long minutes. time yeah, <laughs> four entire minutes um, but beyond that, what else is going on in your life right now?
1: Um, you know, <laughs> things and stuff. Literally uh, nothing. Just I've, I mean, since quarantine has started, I have been home since March. <laughs> so that's nice.
0: I'm going a little crazy. I
1: honestly didn't know what seven o'clock in the morning looked like <laughs> until today.
0: <laughs> since then. Since then, yeah. Before like before then, you, beforehand, you would yeah. Up regularly, I knew,
1: I knew all yeah, about. Right. Early morning <laughs> stuff,
0: but... But since mid-March, when school got... Can't well, that, stopped, I mean, Yeah. Went all online. Yeah. And then summer break. You're not exactly a teacher. What are you? What's I'm an it again?
1: educational assistant.
0: Educational assistant.
1: Really, I'm a glorified babysitter, but my job is literally the best, so I'm okay with it. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah. Well, because they're high school students. Right. So they just, they come into the classroom, they sit down, they do their work, and I say every once in a while... Put your phone away. <laughs> and that's it. I mean, that's really all I do. And it's awesome. And the kids love me.
0: All right. Cool, cool. Well, uh I mean, really, the only thing that's special that's really happened in your life lately mm-hmm. is something that we can't talk about yet because it's the main topic of the show.
1: It is the main topic so, of the
0: show. So we're going to move on.
1: Suspense. I know it's <laughs> killing you, even though we literally told you earlier what's going to happen.
0: Uh, let's see. Let's throw an audible here because nothing really has happened in my life either lately that these people don't already know about. Uh, let's Wait, see here. Wait,
1: you have a life? Did you tell them about your new car?
0: Ha ha. Uh, no. I have a new old car. New to you. I bought a 2005 Honda Pilot from my pastor. It's got 200,000 miles on it. And air conditioning. <laughs> but it has air conditioning, <laughs> which my car does not. So let's do. Uh, let's do an Ask Us Anything here. That'll that'll be a good way to get to know you a little better for those of our listeners who are new to the show.
1: True. Okay.
0: What were you really into when you were a kid?
1: Like kid is in like below twelve. Yeah. Betty spaghetti.
2: What the heck is that?
1: It's like a Barbie, but she's got like spaghetti limbs and like spaghetti hair and you could like
0: What is spaghetti hair?
1: Like her hair
0: Oh, was it like literally looked like style spaghetti? like noodles. Yeah. And then and, her-
1: then, and then you could like move her limbs and stuff to like pose her and whatever. Okay,
0: so her limbs were not made of spaghetti. No, but they were.
1: Yeah, and so like when rubber, I was rubber
0: posable, yeah, kind of things. Okay.
1: When I was a kid, my mom actually got me the like Betty Spaghetti Hair Salon Kit, so I could like change her hair color, but it was only like with water, like hot water would change it to a different color <laughs> and then it would change it right back. But my gosh, did I love my Betty Spaghetti! How
0: have I never heard of this?
1: Oh man, look it up.
0: I'm sure. I, I mean, I'm sure I heard of it when I was a kid. But
1: you weren't but a girl.
0: I wasn't a girl, mm-hmm. so I didn't pay attention. You're still not a girl. The only like girl toy I remember commercials for uh, from when I was a kid was Polly Pocket. Ah, uh, yes. Remember those? I do. Yes. Those I had were some intriguing. Of those. Yes. And they tried like a boy version. And it Did wasn't, they? I mean, it wasn't Polly Pocket. It was a completely different themed, but it was that exact style, like a little clamshell. Yeah. Like it was like, you know, monsters or something, you know, you're like opening a lab or whatever. And you have these tiny little monster figures. You it can was move really around.
1: difficult to yeah. like put those clothes on her. And because they, they were rubber, the, the Polly Pocket clothes. So you were just kind of like, anyway, it was difficult, but still fun. Betty Spaghetti. Look it up. Wow okay true
0: story uh let's see what's the strangest dream you've ever had
1: i once had it. true story i had this reoccurring probably from the time that i was 10 until you know a few months ago whatever every once in a while i will have a dream that i'm on a life raft floating in the middle of the ocean I fall out of the life raft and into a shark's eyeball where there is, I'm not kidding, where there is like an evil genius and a whole bunch of people he's holding hostage and he's talking about how he's going to take over the world with this mechanical shark. I don't know how it works because then I wake up, but (laughs) since I was super young, I have had that dream.
0: Seems like a movie that needs to be made. Right? An accidental James Bond type character yeah. just falls into the middle of this plot and has to figure out a way to solve it. It was,
1: I mean, brilliant. it's strange, the ocean. but yeah, that's the weirdest <laughs> dream I've ever had. And it happens at least once a year, if not
0: more. Wow. But when I was a, when I was a, I guess seven or eight year old, uh, we had a, we had a like a big pool when I was a kid, like one of those Lucky? Like really big. Rectangle pools with like the 13 foot deep, deep end kind of thing. Yeah. That's nice. And I would have a dream that I'd be swimming in there and then suddenly I'm surrounded by like sharks (laughs) and piranha and electric eels and all this kind of thing, like everything terrifying. And it's so big, like I have to swim to get out, but I'm in the middle of the pool and it's a long swim when you're surrounded. You know, I'd have that nightmare. And I had it two times in like a two-month period, and I told my older brother, who was 10 years older than me and liked to torment me, about it. And he said, well, you know, if you have the same dream three times, it comes true. (laughs) And I was terrified and then about a week later i had that nightmare again and i did not go into the pool for the rest of that year even though you know i even had the thought process of there's no real way sharks could just appear while i'm swimming but you never know but what if
1: (laughs) this is the one time yeah Uh,
0: all right last one uh how often do you stay up past 3 a.m never your whole life
1: Okay, so like in the last 10 years, (laughs) never, but beforehand, all the time.
0: Why would you stay up that late?
1: Oh, you know, Netflix was a new thing.
0: Gosh, you're younger than me, and I don't like it.
1: I'm not that much younger. (laughs)
0: 10 years ago? (laughs) 10 years ago, I was
1: was 19?
0: Right, and Netflix was a new thing, and I'm like... Right, yeah. I was already... But those were full like full on adult before Netflix was a thing.
1: That's that was when you had to like uh, get the the DVDs sent oh, to your house. Oh, you know what?
0: Yeah, that's true. I forgot Netflix started that way. Yeah. But so, yeah. When Netflix started doing the DVD thing, I was still going to Hollywood Video.
1: Oh no, I was <laughs> I was riding that wave into the future. It's like let's get four DVDs this I'm month. Like, DVDs in the yeah. mail. I'm
0: like, what if they get stolen then? I'm on the hook for those DVDs. True.
1: <laughs> what are you going to
0: do? Oh, man. Okay. The only, I don't recall staying up past 3 a.m. more than a handful of times in my life. The most recent time was two Easter services ago. I come into the church to clean Saturday night before and yep. two Easter's ago, which I believe was my first year uh, doing it before Easter... I just kept finding dirty crap in this church. And I'm like, this is Super Bowl Sunday tomorrow. I mean, this is when so many people are going to be in this building. This church needs to look pristine. So I was the one man person cleaning from, I think I started cleaning about 6 p.m., which is the normal time. And I did not finish until 6 a.m.
1: That's disgusting.
0: And nobody noticed. (laughs)
1: I'll tell you, I didn't.
0: I stayed full awake though that and i stayed uh, solid what is that thirty six hours at least that's awake, gross. yeah, it was awful, but the time before that, the only one I remember distinctively was in eighth grade and this is the super nerdy thing in eighth Sounds grade, right. I got connected with somebody who was starting like a fan fiction thing, but it wasn't you know it wasn't one of these weirdo like. What would happen if these two characters got together? Oh yeah, those Kinda ones are weird. Kind of fan fictions. Uh, this was a, it was a cross between Star Trek: The Next Generation. Okay. And the Monday Night Wrestling Wars, WWE, WCW. Okay. It was putting wrestlers in the science fiction world, and having them act as they would act yeah. in that world. E. It was flipping fun i mean it wasn't anything serious it was all just goofing but i got this story in my head and so i started writing it out and i just kept writing late into the night and then suddenly the sun was coming up again i'm like oh man but i wrote like eight full-on episodes of this thing one night because i just had so many dope ideas i still have them somewhere because you don't have yeah, any you friends. Threw again? I didn't then. No. <laughs> that's <okay>. good. <laughs> I didn't have friends much growing up, so that's fine. All right. Well, uh, oh no, that's the wrong page. Well, coming up later in the show, bailing out lemonade stands. This is your part.
1: That I just—I'm tr- trying to understand the sentence you just <laughs> said. But okay. <laughs> well, we'll be back while I try and understand that. With more of the morning side hug right here on Back Row Radio. But first. Here's Hector Mira with Critical Hit.
2: Hey everybody, welcome to Critical Hit. I'm Hector Mirai with Faith and Fandom, and I just wanted to share a quick thought with you. So I finished Avatar The Last Airbender way too quickly and it's going to be a minute before Legend of Korra is on Netflix, so I wanted more. So I went to my local comic book shop and asked, and lo and behold, there are two sets of graphic novels that actually are canon to the story and pick up right where the show ends. You get a really cool political story with Zuko and Aang called The Promise. You also get one called The Search, where the Avatar gang and Azula actually go searching for Zuko's mom. Y'all, it's a good story. And I was very happy about it. So I talked to some of my avid Avatar friends and asked them if they knew about it. And they'd never heard of this stuff. And, you know, it just shows me that so often comic book companies will fill in gaps for major stories. But people don't know that that's even a reality. Star Wars has tons of canon that is only available in comic books. Firefly has stuff that goes between Firefly and Serenity and stuff that goes after Serenity, but tons of people have never seen it. Buffy the Vampire Slayer has whole seasons that follow up the show in comic book format that are canon, but you know, people just don't pay attention to it because in reality, if it's not available for streaming and they can't sit back and watch it while doodling on their phone, they're probably not going to actually invest in it. And y'all, that's how we treat scripture. We treat scripture that way because if it's not in Psalms or Proverbs or the Gospels or the Epistles, the majority of Christians don't bother touching it. Because if it's not quotable on an Instagram graphic or you're not going to hear it said in some catchy way in a sermon, you're probably not going to hear it. But y'all, I'm telling you, just like there was meat of the story to be found in these comic books there is meat in the scripture to be found in the stuff that you aren't going to see printed on a t-shirt second timothy 3 16 which is one of those quotable verses says all scripture is god breathed and useful for teaching rebuking correcting and training in righteousness y'all it says all scripture go read a minor prophet for real <laughs> go read some books of law you know get into leviticus because i'm telling you You are missing out if you aren't seeing the whole picture. Faith and Fandom is a ministry of outreach and encouragement to geek culture. You can connect with us at Faith and Fandom, Finding God in Geek Culture, on Facebook. We have several books of geeky Bible studies and devotionals. Book seven just dropped and is the perfect place for you to start in the series. A metric ton of memes, and have multiple podcasts, including Love Thy Nerds Pull This podcast, which I co host. I'm Hector Miron. That's yours.
0: Welcome back to the Morning Side Hug, a Back Row Morning Show here on BackRowRadio.com. I'm Matt.
1: Oh, I'm Hillary.
0: And we're going to start off this segment of the show with five random
1: facts. Guess what? I have five random facts. Guess you didn't know that, but now you do. Uh, While filming The Wizard of Oz, Judy Garland, try mixing those up because that was weird, claims that she was shunned by Tin Man, Scarecrow, and Cowardly Lion because of jealousy. Her only fret on set was Margaret Hamilton. The Wicked Witch of the West. Interesting. You would think she would be the one. Right. But, I mean, (laughs) guess you can't judge a character by their actor, actor by their character.
0: Character by their character.
1: Yeah, I guess. (laughs) Will Smith was offered the role of Neo in The Matrix, but ultimately declined to film Wild Wild West instead. I actually knew this. Yeah. John told me
0: bad choice
1: and i don't agree because i love the wild wild west i think it's the funny one of the funniest movies oh ever. it's a
0: i i enjoy the movie but it was the wrong choice well yes yeah <laughs> we're
1: thinking like box office wise yeah 100 the wrong choice um next one um when ready player one was released the book included an easter egg that led readers to three difficult video game challenges The winner was given a 1981 DeLorean, complete with a flux capacitor. Would like to know what an actual flux capacitor is. Because I've always just assumed that it was like science fiction and not actually real.
0: Well, I mean, it's real. It just doesn't do what it's supposed to do. It just doesn't do anything? Okay. (laughs) It's a light prop. That's what it is.
1: All right. Next. Human (laughs) babies, not like other babies, but human babies, are 75% water at birth. About the same water content as bananas (laughs) and slightly less than fresh potatoes. (laughs) Your kid has more water or less water than a fresh potato. That's good to know. That's weird. Oh, and last, but certainly certainly not least, an NFL water boy makes an average salary of $53,000 a year. I'm quitting my job. Isn't that
0: ridiculous?
1: I'm quitting my job. That's almost triple what I make. (laughs) I mean, I love my job, but my goodness, <laughs> do you know how many books I could buy if I made that much money a year?
0: Well, speaking of people who are hurting for money. Me, have, send me money. We have some, uh, some unsung heroes right now, and that is the children who run the lemonade stands all across the city, the city. during the summer.
1: The city. J- just one all city. Cities.
0: All cities. Okay. All, all of America. Gotcha. It's tough time for businesses everywhere, but that includes your friendly neighborhood lemonade stand. Uh, A country time promotion is sending $100 bailout checks to the eligible child owners of lemonade stands nationwide that have closed due to the coronavirus pandemic. It's called the littlest bailout, and children ages 14 years or younger are invited to apply for assistance. Parents can apply for their kids at countrytimebailout.com. They must submit a short essay explaining how their child will use their stimulus check to juice the economy, as well as a picture of their child's lemonade stand sign that will go unused due to the economic fallout.
1: This sounds like some Michael Scott stuff.
0: <laughs> Country Tide will be accepting applications until August twelfth, and each household is allowed only one submission. The company plans to give out a thousand preloaded cash gift cards according to the rules. Uh is this the, for website, kids my age? the company website says we know this will be a rough summer for lemonade stands and if the big guys are getting bailed out, why shouldn't we help the littlest entrepreneurs get the same treatment? I actually don't hate this idea. I think it's adorable. Simply, simply because it's the company paying for it. It's not like taxes. Yeah, you know. it's not my taxpayer dollars. <laughs> I think it's a it's a neat gimmick. Uh, partially uh, you know, an elaborate ad campaign for Country Time, sure. Because I'm sure with the fact that lemonade stands aren't going up, they're not going to see that bump in sales true, for the lemonade true. stands uh, over the summer. But still... Uh really cute idea. Uh, I mean, I don't hate it. Yeah. If I had a kid who cared about lemonade stands, oh. I'd do it. I
1: think it's mostly a girl thing, isn't it?
0: Typically. So. I feel like most uh, lemonade stands are, are run by girls. Boys often help, but they, they're usually the helpers. Yeah. They're not the one in charge. And But you need those helpers. Honestly, at that age, I think that's the right call.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Almost any age. Well, depending on the boy. Depending. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> That's
0: I say that as, as the father of two boys.
1: And I say that knowing you're two boys. <laughs> like, Eli would be a great helper. Great helper. But you couldn't just sit him there and say, Sell this lemonade. Right. Because he'd get real bored and he'd be like, No, I'm gonna go I'm gonna go find some toys and play with them Which is fine. Makes sense.
0: I'm more thinking about hygienic wise. Like I'm fine with him like changing out money i don't want him making the lemonade i don't want that i don't want to drink that uh <laughs> well
1: yeah i guess there's that that's
0: ooh. all right it's like the what was i think it was monk you ever watch did you nope. watch monk nope i did not Well, he was like a germaphobe and he was at a lemonade stand or something and it's like the kid are kids are making a lemonade there with their hands. They're stirring it. Their hands are getting at it. They're pinching the sugar with their fingers. <laughs> dirty fingers. It in there.
1: Nope, no, <laughs> it's not happening.
0: Gross. Oh man, did you ever do a uh, lead a lemonade stand as a child or participate in one?
1: No, no, I did not. Not once. I tried to run away once.
0: I mean, that is another quintessential childhood experience. I made it to
1: the next trailer and it got really cold. So I just sat there until my mom opened the screen door and said, get inside. And so I did. And that was the only time I ever tried to run away.
0: Look how far you got. You really think you're going to survive out here? You got 50 feet.
1: I legitimately remember. It was right after Hercules had come out. The it's, cartoon? The cartoon. So I'm wearing the um, the Meg dress costume because I was her for Halloween. And I have a a makeup box that I put some snacks in just sitting next to me. But I'm just sitting there shivering because it's really cold. My mom just yells, get inside. I'm like, it's probably a good idea. Yeah, Halloween
0: costumes do not come uh, with any warmth to no. them. They're, they're the thinnest fabric. So Unless yeah, you're that's, like a superhero. That was the worst but well, that's only a recent thing where they've been adding that's like true. the padded muscles. That's true. Like when we were kids. No. No. Nope. There was no padded muscles unless you wanted to roll up socks, put them in your arms for the Oh, for biceps. your biceps, yeah. <laughs> I
1: never did that. I didn't really care about the size of my biceps as a 12-year-old or a 5-year-old.
0: <sighs> All right. Well, so no lemonade stand, but you ran away nope. 50 feet.
1: Let <laughs> let's be honest. It was a lot less than that. It was. Um. It just. It just was.
0: You what? didn't even run. You just walked. You're not even doing it right.
1: Yeah. I legit. I can remember trying to put like a stick with a bandana on it to fill stuff. Uh, a but I, <laughs> but I couldn't find any, so I was just like, "Well, I guess this makeup box that's, will that's do." That's my
0: hobo bindle. <laughs> How? Um. <laughs> like, why did you stop? I it got, it? it got cold. It's just because it got cold. You're like, it's too cold. I can't walk anymore. Yeah, pretty much. It's, it's I been all of 60 seconds. I'm probably
1: sure I did it for attention, but it didn't really work because I just went inside and she didn't say anything.
0: Get inside. Okay.
1: <laughs> Such a smile. I was
0: running away. Sure, you were. Sure. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what are you going to do? <sighs> I was an interesting child.
0: Some actual clothes on. won't be so cold. (laughs) Halloween was four months ago.
1: Yeah, probably. (laughs) What are you going to
0: do? Coming up later in the show, Hillary will share her story of her pregnancy and the long stretch of lack thereof.
1: We'll be back with more of The Morning Side Hug right here on Back Row Radio. But first, here's Kyle and Matt with Not Another Bible Study.
0: Not another Bible study.
3: Therefore, through him, let us continually offer up to God a sacrifice of praise. That is the fruit of lips that confess his name. Kyle, that is... Hebrews 13, 15 in the CSB. You see, Rebecca and I used to have baby monitors in our girls' room. We always knew, though, when one of our daughters was awake, Olivia, uh, when this cute little sneeze would come out right at 6 a.m. every single day. And shortly thereafter, after that cute little sneeze, her allergies were replaced with praising. In a hushed tone, Olivia would sing hymns, praise songs, Occasionally, a song called Let It Go, the latter of which will be forever etched in my mind. An earworm, for sure. If only, though, I could wake up that happy. Kyle? Yeah, you know, a song that both of our churches sing, and a lot of other churches sing as well, is called 10,000 Reasons, and the title, enough, the title itself is Reason Enough to Share Here. We have many reasons to praise the Lord, and we should, should not limit our praise to Sunday alone. God delights in our praise. He doesn't need it, but he certainly deserves it. And so in these troubling times, uh, may we not forget to praise our sovereign Lord continually. And get this, we can do this. We can offer continual praise and prayer because of Christ. Because of his work on our behalf, we can come boldly to the throne of grace in prayer and in praise. There's something special about that, isn't it? We would also love to spend time with you. You can find our podcast, Not Another Baptist Podcast, at Podcast.com.
0: Welcome back to the Morning Side Hug, a Back Row Morning Show here on backrowradio.com. I'm Matt. I'm Hillary. And uh, Hillary hasn't been on the show in a while. We talked about that. But uh, she did offer recently to come on the show for a specific purpose to share a almost a testimony, kind yeah, of uh, sure. about about uh, what they've been going through. Her and her husband John have been going through for the past, gosh, how long?
1: Uh, well, two years.
0: Two years stretch. Two years so far, and then so yeah. <laughs> essentially, the uh, the 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 simplified version of the backstory is that. They struggled to get pregnant for a really long time. Really, really long time. Actively tried. Yeah. Um, I'll I'll share some like statistics around this as the story goes on, but I'll let you go ahead and start telling the story.
1: Sounds good. Well, um, John and I were before we got married. We had decided, you know, we're going to wait a year. You know, we want to get used to being married. We want to get used to each other. Learn some more things because you learn things. While married, like I'm Scary still learning things. stuff.
0: <laughs> um, I mean, I think that's a good idea it, for it, I, every yeah. couple. Too many, especially Christian couples, get mm-hmm. married and get pregnant right away.
1: Yeah, yeah. But it was important <laughs> to John that we, um, you know, really have that time together to, you know. Yeah, I think a year is at least minimum. Yeah,
0: like you should do at least a year.
1: Yeah. Um, well, and if it were if it were up to me, we'd have had a kid six months before we got married, which would literally have been impossible. Um <laughs> so unless we adopted, but what never mind. So um we waited a year, um and then we, you know, decided we're gonna start trying. And I assumed because I feel that my call from God has been to be a mom and to like raise up a younger generation. Not just my kids, but my help with my friends' kids yeah. and, and all that stuff.
0: So Which you have done. Yeah. Quite uh quite well well thank with you several families like well Moe's for one yeah uh you you have is it it's not nannied them but it's Meh,
1: yeah we hung out for a summer yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i was You're their f- chauffeur and we did stuff <laughs> and it was a great summer yeah it was a lot of fun yeah um but we decided all right we're gonna start trying and i just assumed it would just kind of happen real fast because for a lot of our friends it happened real fast and it didn't um We tried for a year, and that was a very heartbreaking year. And it just got harder month after month after that. Um, So I talked to some friends. Well, really just one friend. I talked to the school nurse because she's funny and she knows things. (laughs) Shout out, Nurse Julie. Um, And I told her, I said, you know, what what can I do? She said, well, go see a woman's specialist. I said, all right, I'll do that. Why not? Um, and so she referred me to one of her friends who works here in town. Um, and luckily, when I met her, she said, this is not an infertility issue, mm. which is something that I positively love. Just because a lot of times, especially in my mind, I thought, well, it's not happening. I'm, there must be something wrong with me. I'm infertile. There's something wrong with me. Yeah. So she just said, really, you've had 12 opportunities And right now, you just haven't, it just hasn't happened 12 times. That's it. And that really put things into perspective for me, which was great. So we decided to try something called, uh, a medication called Clomid, I believe is what it's called. And it was supposed to just shut down my reproductive system and then kind of kickstart it again. A reboot. A reboot, if you will. Yeah, (laughs) turn it off and then turn it back on again. (laughs) And it was supposed to help, um, to help me ovulate. Yeah. Which I thought, hey, this is perfect. Maybe this is exactly what I need. Um, but that medication put me on my behind. Just, I was a emotionless zombie mm. for, th- for two days. And I, John actually made me stop taking it because I just, I was blank in the face. I didn't want to do anything. I was just, it was awful. Um, and then coming off of that was difficult but all the while we're still trying we're still praying you know we we want this we want this um so in march of 2000 what year are we in 20 so march of 2019 i started a different type of medication called letrozole pretty much did the exact same thing but it was a lower dose
0: okay and so it didn't do the same and it
1: didn't do anything like it i didn't feel any effects and it was awesome. And I thought, this is it. Cool. No, that wasn't it. Um, and so we tried again from, you know, March until December and nothing. I had blood tests done. I had all of these things done to try and figure out what the heck was going on. Because this is something that John and I have wanted really since, you know, we got together and we talked about kids and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. And I've been, I've wanted to be a mom since I was 12. Yeah. You know, I mean, most little girls do want to be moms. So it was heartbreaking. And we finally actually saw a specialist who said, I recommend surgery, you know, to go in and figure out what's blocking you. Maybe there's a blockage. Maybe you have a bad fallopian tube. I don't remember what he said. He just was naming off there all of these There are
0: there are slight possibilities here yes. and there that some tiny thing is wrong that we mm-hmm. just need to unkink.
1: Yep. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah, he said that they were going to go in- kink
0: kinking the hose.
1: <laughs> yeah. And that's exactly right. He said that they were going to go in and just kind of see what was going on yeah. and if there was a problem they'd fix it right then and there and then we would kind of be on our way to continue this journey. And I can remember looking at John and thinking I I I don't know what to do, but I'm terrified that there's something wrong with me. Yeah, you know, because I know so many women that have been unable to have biological children, and so they adopt, and there's nothing wrong with that. I would never look at a woman who's adopted a child and say you're not a mom. Like those those are moms. Like if you love a child, yeah, like that. That you're you're a mom.
0: And and I would I would assume that that will also. That would also come with the fear of if there is something wrong with me and then I do get pregnant, what is the likelihood yeah. that the pregnancy is going to survive, going to be able to make it all through? Because we also have a friend who struggled with that. For, yeah. Uh, and she didn't tell everybody how many times this happened until really recently when yeah. she finally started opening up about it after now having, I think, three kids, two or three kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there were five miscarriages. and. That's even to even to go through that that many times and mm-hmm. be willing to keep trying is yeah. a rough thing, but I can I I can't imagine yeah the fear that that would be running in the back of your mind mm-hmm. through all this man
1: yeah and it, I mean it, it, I got to a point where it was the only thing I thought of yeah what's wrong with me you know I actually started seeing a um a therapist in Lubbock which. I I highly recommend because a lot of times, anytime I talked to a friend that had two or three kids or whatever, they'd always say, it's going to happen. Don't worry. It's fine. And, you know, when you're on the other side of it, yeah, you know know it's going to happen. But when you're in the thick of it, hearing it's going to happen just makes you want to punch somebody in the face. Sure. Because it doesn't get easier. It doesn't get less hard. You don't feel you know, less heartbreak when, you know, it's another month and the answer is no. Yeah. Um, so John and I decided we're going to go ahead with the surgery. We're going to schedule it and we're going to figure out what's going on. And if they say something like the worst thing that we can possibly imagine, we're going to get through it together. Um, so that was scary. So we scheduled that and I had to wait another month and a half for that surgery. Um, And in that time, I just thought, this surgery is going to, going to give us the answer. You know, I've got a, I've got a blockage or I've got a, there's something wrong with something and it's fine. And the doctor's going to go in and he's going to fix it and it's going to be great. Um, So I continued taking the letrozole and I continued to just, I actually started to not worry anymore. I was Cause I was convinced that this surgery was the option or was the, was our option and our opportunity to figure out what was going on. Um, still didn't make the months that went by any easier. Um, but we get to surgery day and John takes, he took the day off and this was in January, January 28th. I will never forget of this year of this year, 2020. And, um, we go to the hospital they give me a gown, you know, normal surgery stuff. <laughs> I don't know. Um they ask for a urine sample and I'm like y- uh, of course, yeah, why not, I guess I'll. You're taking my blood, you're taking all this other stuff. <laughs> why not? Um but
0: here's a flight of all my fluids. <laughs> Enjoy them. <Yeah. laughs> With my compliments. Yeah,
1: pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> um and I can remember the anesthesiologist came in and he said, you know, do you have any questions? We're just using general anesthesia. You'll be completely knocked out, blah, blah, blah. And after he's done talking to me and I've signed to the paper, he's just, he's still talking to John and I. And I'm thinking, I'm tired. It's like 7 o'clock in the morning. I haven't had anything to eat or drink. I know shampoo with that weird shampoo stuff that they give you to, like, make sure that you're, anti you know antimicrobial stuff oh right they give it to you in a little yeah yeah yeah. bottle it's the weirdest stuff and pardon me bless you i'm just burying my soul here i'm sorry (laughs) help it Uh. um but i'm i'm just ready yeah i'm i'm tired i'm hungry john's probably done you know and we're just waiting and this guy talks to us for about 20 minutes about almost anything. And I'm thinking, I want my IV and I want to go to sleep. That's all I'm thinking. Um,
0: Which, to be fair, is not much different from your, your standard. That's true. Uh, besides, default setting. Besides
1: that, I want to go home.
0: I want to go home. I want to go home. I want to be
1: asleep. I just, <laughs> I just don't want to do this. Um, so the doctor walks in. And I'm like, all right, here we go. This is great. And he said, "Um, I have good news and I have good news. And I'm thinking, yeah, the good news is you're going to knock me out and you're going to fix me. (laughs) And he said, the good news is you don't need the surgery because the other good news is you're pregnant. And I said, shut up. (laughs) At the same time, John goes, are you serious? And the doctor said, yeah, we ran the test twice you're definitely pregnant.
0: <laughs>
1: and I throw my hands in front of my face and I just start bawling. Yeah, And John does almost the exact same thing. He's sitting in a chair, you know, five feet to my right. And he's just absolutely in hysterics, crying. Yeah. And then he walks over to me and he hugs me and he kisses me. And um, once we're all kind of done with that, we look at, at the doctor and, and he said, you know, I'll, you know, you don't need this. Um, We're going to go ahead and
0: (laughs) clearly we're canceling this.
1: (laughs) We're going to go ahead and discharge you. Um, I want to see, I want you to get a blood test on Friday, come back in um, to our office on Monday to talk about your results. But, but congratulations. And I just, I looked at him like, excuse me. I I just, I couldn't, it was something we had wanted for so very long. Right. To hear somebody say, like, you did it. (laughs) Congratulations. Um, Was just, it's like the opposite of heartbreaking. Yeah. Heart fixing, whatever it, I just, I couldn't, I I couldn't believe it. John couldn't believe it. Um, So... We went home, and I got to go to sleep. But it was <laughs>
2: <laughs> and it
0: was great, and it, it was best great sleep of my life.
1: And and I knew, I I just I just knew um, that day that we weren't going to have to worry about about a miscarriage um, because that does happen yeah. a lot. Yeah. Um, I I wasn't worried about anything else because I knew that this was God saying you put it in my hands finally you idiot
2: (laughs) and this is
1: this is my timing um and i mean here we are 31 weeks later and this kid kicking me in the lung
0: we're about what eight weeks eight nine weeks away from the due date
1: eight or nine yeah yeah depending on please don't be late i just i just don't (laughs) i'm a tiny individual
0: what's the due date again
1: September 28th.
0: Right. So we need it two days late. No. So it'll be on my birthday. Definitely And not. you'll never be able to escape me at that point. Even if we move far apart from each other, you'll always know my first kid's birthday is on the same day as my best friend, Matt Coker. <laughs> <laughs> no. uh, so uh, listening to your story, uh, and this is something I, uh, we haven't really talked about. Correct. Listening to your story is reminding me of what it was like to be close friends with you guys during this period. Mm-hmm. In that, knowing that, number one, Deidre has gotten pregnant twice pretty much immediately.
1: Yeah, I hate you guys. Well, I hate it too.
0: <laughs> <but> <laughs> I would like for it to take a little bit of time.
1: Just but <laughs> one month or two, that's all I'm asking.
0: But, uh, you know, knowing that, I mean, it almost comes with a kind of a sense of of guilt talking to you about it mm-hmm. because for that exact same reason, we don't want to be the couple that's just like, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. You know, we were worried for a, a week and a half, too, <laughs> but it happened. You know, we don't want to yeah. do that. And so but at the same time. We didn't really know what else to say. Yeah. Or if you needed us to say anything. And so we kind of just kept quiet. Yeah. And that felt wrong too. Like, what? We-
1: it's a difficult situation. Like, do we even
0: bring it up?
1: Because John didn't even know what to say. Yeah. Um, because we handled it very differently. John has had this mountain of faith that it was going to happen the entire time. Whereas I didn't, yeah, I was so terrified that there was something wrong with me. Um, and so when, you know, every month would happen and we would get another, no, he didn't know what to say. And I didn't know what I wanted to hear. I didn't want to hear, you know, it's okay. We'll get through this. I didn't, I didn't know if I wanted to hear like, I love you and I'm here for you. Um, but I remember last summer, um, I told him that one of my friends who lived in Albuquerque, she had gotten married like two and a half months prior, Yeah, had just posted like, oh, you know, I we're remember. seven minutes pregnant or whatever. Yeah. And I remember that. And I told him, I was like, it's just not fair. Yeah. And he looked at me and he said, it sucks that other people are getting what we want, but we will get this and that was the first time that i had really realized like oh crap we're in this together like i'm not <laughs> i'm not fighting this alone yeah um but he he was amazing i mean sometimes he would just sit there and let me cry yeah. for you know 20 minutes and he wouldn't say anything he would just hold me and sometimes that's all i needed but as a friend like i don't know
0: yeah it's he, it's it's a really difficult situation to be in when you really want to yeah. encourage you and and everything. But again, like you said, the longer it went on every month, that, that pain started to get worse and worse. You got a little bit more bitter about it mm-hmm. each time. Yeah. And you're like, oh, maybe we should just n- pretend like nothing's happening and just don't bring it up. Talk to her about everything else. So we would be like at CR. We'd be on Thursday night and we'd be watching a testimony or whatever. And the testimony would mention getting pregnant or having a kid Mm -hmm. and every time that happened I'd be sitting across the room going oh gosh I hope Hillary's not paying attention to this one I just don't want to remind her of the situation you know that's what I'm thinking in my head I'm like do I need to start screening these so we don't have any kids as a part of the testimony (laughs) because it I know it was painful I know Mm -hmm. you went through a a Mother's Day service here Mm -hmm. where that was painful to go through just sitting in there knowing how much you wanted to be one. Yeah. And we were all feeling that for you too. Like we all like, man, this has got to suck for her right now. Yeah. You know, but there's, what can, you know, what can you do? And Mm -hmm. I don't know if that there's, there's really anything anyone could. Yeah. That's one of those things that kind of gets brought up every now and then with churches, like with the mother's day services, like what about Mm -hmm. the, the women that really want to be mothers that just can't, or they're or, or they're not carriages. in a relationship, or, yeah, and they stuff, want to be moms one like day. That, yeah, you know, is is the you don't really think about how painful that emotion can be to someone until you're going through yeah. something like that. Because I know flippantly when that's come up in the past, I've thought, yeah, okay, but that doesn't mean we don't need to celebrate the mothers. Here, and, and, you know, maybe it doesn't, mm-hmm. but at the same time, we do have to be aware of the fact that there the women who want to be mothers and can't be, mm-hmm. that pain is, is unimaginable. Yeah. Uh, and it's not just mothers, of course, the fathers too. Uh, I'm not sure if John has told you this, and, or, but he said anything goes, so I'm going to share it too. All right. There were many times over that course where y'all were waiting that he came and talked to, you know, me or some of the other guys and just bared his soul that he didn't want to unload on you and add to the other things, which was the right thing to do. Mm
1: -hmm. Um, And it it makes sense because he doesn't want to make it seem like it's my fault.
0: Absolutely. So, yeah, yeah,
1: I totally, yeah. yeah.
0: And, you know, it's, he, he, he did what I think all husbands want to and should do, try and be as strong as possible for you. Yeah. But because you're not expected to be at the yeah. time. yeah, and, and so he did the right thing. He handled it really well. And it's just such an emotional, like overwhelming emotional experience that I don't know that there is any other way to handle it other than just be miserable. Yeah. And do your best to put that misery in God's hands. Mm-hmm. Um, as I know early on, when we were, when we would talk to you about it every so often when you would vent to us or, you know, meet Deidre or I and, you know, early on we were like, you just, you gotta just keep trying. Just keep giving it time. Yeah. And also the thing that the, that first doctor told you about, you know, you've just had 12 tries so far and yeah. 12 tries hasn't happened, but that's not a lot of tries.
1: It really, really isn't. Long when you run, think about the window. spread out
0: over a year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that makes perfect sense. You Logically don't really think of it. But it makes think? perfect sense. Yeah. But a year is such a long time of trying already yeah. that it feels like every day is a failure. Yeah, every day is a failure. Every day is a reminder. Um, but yeah, early on we were saying, yeah, you just gotta keep trying. You just gotta, you'll get there uh, eventually. Some people have a harder time than others. That kind of thing. Um, but eventually it got to the point where we're having to consider, okay, God is holding this up for yeah. some reason. And so I remember I think the last the last consolation that I came up with was just I have no idea why mm-hmm. you know God is delaying this. Just try and trust for that it's for a reason and that's all I could give. Yeah. And it might be true. Uh that might be exactly why. Um, you know, God might have been working on you a little bit. Oh uh, yeah in definitely. trusting in him. Yeah. Working on John a little bit in, you know. Patience or learning how to care for you. There's a whole lot mm-hmm. that seems obvious now that God has grown you.
1: Oh definitely. And, and probably yeah. a whole
0: lot more to come. Uh but maybe those were things that needed to happen. I feel like that happened in in Daydre and I's marriage for different reasons, different right. you know, in different uh areas of our life. Uh a lot of things that God had to grow us in as individuals and as a couple. Um and it was a lot of painful garbage. It was for yeah. a long yeah. time. Uh But I think we came out better for it. I think we were ready to have kids when we finally did. And yeah, we waited a long time compared to you. We waited. Well, y'all
1: got married at like 12.
0: (laughs) But yeah, we waited. It makes
1: sense that you waited.
0: (sighs) We waited, I want to say, what is that, eight years? We waited eight years uh, to start trying. Mm -hmm. And I'm glad we did.
1: But that must have been difficult for you guys on the opposite end because you consciously decided to wait, whereas, you know, some people would look at you and be like, you're young, you're married, why don't you have kids?
0: We consciously decided to wait, but at the same time, I don't think we planned on waiting that long. Right. Yeah. Um Problems just kept kind of arising. Yeah. Uh, mostly on my end, but still, yeah. you know, thing, things popped up and thing in our life stretched out further and further than we wanted it to start pretty right. much, you yeah. know, and and uh while that wasn't our ideal situation, it definitely put us in a better headspace to be parents. For sure. Um, so I am grateful to see how much y'all are pulling out of that already mm-hmm. uh, in your story, and it's and it's, and it's not just in you sharing it here. I mean, it's obvious, yeah, in just the way that y'all talk and the way that um, you you've you've reacted to this change. you know it, it wasn't a... You got pregnant and you're like, thanks, finally. Did you really have to put us through all that kind of stuff? Yeah. It was a completely grateful moment. Oh, yeah. At that point, everything that had happened wasn't something you were going to be bitter about. It
1: made sense. Yeah. It it just, yeah.
0: Well, good. Now's the time. Thank the Lord. We're ready. Let's do it. And I think that's a difficult place for most people to get to, honestly. Mm -hmm. Because it's easy to be bitter, especially when we're talking... About in the faith community, the baby's kicking you right now. Yeah, especially in the faith community where we, it's easy for us to start blaming God because we believe God is yeah. there. Yeah. we earnestly believe God is real. God is moving. God is active, and then we get to the point of why isn't God moving the way we think God should move right now? Yeah, and that's a that's an easy pitfall to fall into. Uh, the reason, one of the reasons anyway, that uh, Hillary wanted to share the story is because she knows that there are a lot of couples that are. That go through this on a regular basis yes. who probably need to hear that <laughs> that it's not a, a death sentence to the idea of, you know, having children right. when it takes a, a struggle of a time to get there.
1: Well, and, and it's not even that. I think it's more that, you know, if we talk about it and we say, you know, this is what I'm going through and this really sucks, we're going to start to build a community of, of fellow believers that are like, hey, we're, we're in the same boat, and you're right, it does suck. And you don't have to say anything to me, and I don't have to say anything to you, but I'm praying for you. yeah, And I'm praying that that this will happen for you the way God wants it to happen for you. For the youth pastor I had growing up, for him and his wife, it was adopting a sibling set. And those kids, I kid you not, look just like their parents. Like, just like <laughs> my youth pastor and his wife. It's insane. Yeah. And it and it you look at that and you think that's God ordained yeah just like every other pregnancy you know that that um, couples want that is also God ordained and so you know if if that's God's answer for you then it's beautiful and if it's something else then that's okay too but what's that verse you can't heal a wound by saying it's not there I
0: think that's James no, that's not that one. Who knows? But it's one of those. You
1: said it on Thursday. I did, yeah. Um but
0: Jeremiah something, I think.
1: Um, but it's one of those things where it's like <laughs> I'm hurting and if I don't get to talk about it, I'm I might not heal. Yeah. And so that's kind of the driving force behind this is I, I don't want people to think that they're they have to be alone.
0: Jeremiah six fourteen. You can't heal a wound by saying it's not there. That's what it was. Boom. Um Yeah, and when we talk about struggling for this, it it really isn't a rare thing. Uh, Approximately one in eight couples struggle to get pregnant uh, in the United States at any given point. That's uh, 6.7 million people, Yeah, women, having trouble conceiving.
1: That's a lot. At
0: any given point, yeah. Uh, Let's see. 20%. uh, No, let's see. Yeah, let's read the other direction. That For every 100 uh, fertile 30-year-old women trying to get pregnant in one cycle, 20 will be successful and the other 80 will have to try again. And so looking at those odds, I mean, you have essentially a one in five shot yeah. of, of conceiving each time. And the odds don't change the next time. It's not like, okay, it's the same. that means five. if I do this five times, I'm guaranteed to get pregnant in one of those times. That's not how that works. Nope. Yeah, it's like...
1: I took a statistics class. I know these <laughs> things. I mean, I got a C, but whatever.
0: <laughs> it's rolling a five-sided <laughs> die and hoping you eventually hit uh, the one somewhere on there. Uh, 35 is the average age of females when their natural fertility begins to show a marked decline. A uh, woman's best reproductive years are in her twenties. By age forty, a woman's natural chance of pregnancy is less than five percent.
1: Also, doubles increase, so that's terrifying. Doubles and multiples increase with age.
0: Doubles and multiples.
1: Yeah, so like twins, triplets, oh. triplets Ooh. all of that increases. Dang it. We
0: need to get Deidre to have her last kid quick. <laughs> <then>. <laughs> so I do not want, do not want twins. Yeah. Oh man. All right. Let's see. On average. When uh, a couple is struggling to get pregnant, 30% of the cases can be attributed solely to the female, as that's where the problem lies. 30% right. solely to the male, 30% a combination of both, and 10% unknown. So it's really, it's a toss-up as to who the problem yeah. could be, or if it could be both of you, Yeah. at, at any given point. And at this Did point... Did John ever get... I know we, we had, they had... Y'all... Uh, Y'all had talked about it at some yes. point of getting tested. Did he? He did. Yeah. yeah,
1: and so he was perfect. And he was fine. He was perfectly fine. And so that that was scary because that was like, oh crap, it is on. Right. Me. That
0: just yeah, and it just I piled it onto you. That
1: added stress because you know I'm I'm the one that's going to house the kid. I'm the one that's going to you know take all of the prenatals and do all that stuff. And so is it me?
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and that's scary when you think about you know. This is the body that God has given me, and and he, gave, he also gave me a desire to be a mother, and now he's telling me that the body that he gave me is not going to help fulfill the desire that he gave me, mm. which also just shows to his glory that he can do whatever he wants to do and whatever he can do um, in order to make that happen. And sometimes that's um, adoption. Sometimes that's having natural kids. Sometimes that's being a loving person to your friend's kids. Yeah. Um, Actually something I learned about through all of this is there is actually something called um, snowflake adoption, which is um, couples can adopt embryos from, from couples that have done like in vitro fertilization and stuff like that. So you actually adopt your child and then you carry them to term, and you give birth to your does that make sense? How
0: is that different from in vitro fertilization? Is it that for in vitro they they they, they take, create do the... they take donated eggs mm-hmm. so these are like leftover donated eggs these are you know
1: couples that have finished having kids, they don't want any more, but they don't want these um embryos destroyed because they believe that they're life
0: uh-huh. and
1: so they donate them to families that I
0: have never heard of that. It is
1: the coolest thing they've got. There are several websites and most of them are Christian companies. Yeah,
0: I would assume so. Yeah,
1: Um, (laughs) but it's it's beautiful because it's like, you know, you're my child. I gave birth to you. We might not have the same DNA. Yeah, but you're my child. Wow. And it's and it's something that John and I looked into. It's also cheaper than regular adoption. Just throwing that out there. Um, (laughs) Yeah. But there are so many different options that God has given us that I think for a while, I just kind of dismissed it. Mm. You know, I started actually to resent my friend's kids for a while. Yeah. Because it's like... Well,
0: Which I think would be natural.
1: Yeah. Um, you know, I I want to be a mother. And then sometimes I would think, and this is wrong, and I had to repent. I did. Like, <laughs> I'd parent those kids so much better. And <laughs> Jesus... Jesus put a kibosh on that real quick um, when I started thinking that. That's terrible. It is. It <laughs> really is. But it, it got to a point where I wasn't focused on God's calling. Yeah, I yeah. was focused on the child. Right. Um, not the one from The Mandalorian, but like an actual child. <laughs> um, so when I finally put my eyes back on God and decided, you know, this is going to happen in his time. We're going to figure this out eventually.
0: Right. I'm if not, it's going to happen he's got to do it yeah if it's going to yeah. happen
1: exactly and if if adoption is what he wants he's going to help us provide the funds because lord knows John and I don't make a butt ton of money <laughs> <laughs> so uh
0: yeah. one one last uh, statistic here that's pertinent to your story so far okay uh about 35% of women who are having trouble is because of like tubal problems or you know yeah. plumbing issues, essentially. Plumbing issues, yeah. Uh, sometimes from infection or endro, uh, endometriosis. I'm mm-hmm. uh, sorry to say, um, or 25 percent, a quarter of women trouble having trouble. Uh, it's a problem with ovulation itself. Yeah, like just not doing it correctly or
1: not at the right time. Not At
0: the right time, yeah. yeah all these kind of weird things. Uh, but it's a it's a Super common thing. So one last thing I want to get your opinion on before we close out.
1: I'm super opinionated. Ask me.
0: (laughs) Have you seen the video about something that's currently being developed for pregnant couples who the mother just doesn't want to actually carry the baby, but they want the baby to grow in their own home in this weird little egg-shaped pod? No. No. It becomes like a piece of furniture in your house. That's not okay. It's like a futuristic That's egg. That's weird. There's like food pack things that get, like it's, it's you know, it's a semi-organic situation set up where the baby just grows inside this thing. While the, the video has like the mother and the father just sitting there drinking wine looking at the baby.
1: <laughs> I miss sushi. I miss it a lot. I really do. But there is nothing that I miss enough to not do this right like um we're having a little girl so we're obviously super excited and everything is pink but um there is i can't compare it to anything she every sunday since we've been able to come back to church will kick so hard when john is up on stage singing (laughs) and it is the literally the coolest thing she doesn't kick when i stand Hardly ever, because most of the time they just don't. Yeah. Um, But when I'm standing and he's singing, she kicks, (laughs) and that is so cool. Yeah,
0: Yeah. I would assume I would assume that this thing was originally created. This idea was originally created for women who might be at risk if they try to carry a pregnancy to term. Maybe. Which in case I can I can see the need for. But if it's rolled out as just a hey, you don't want to carry the baby. That's fine. Wanna leave your kid home for for
1: the first nine months of its life? Have I got an egg for you? Right, that's
0: the other weird thing. Can you just leave the house? I mean, I guess you can.
1: Like if it's yeah.
0: But what if someone breaks into your house?
1: It's yeah, no. I don't I don't like it. (laughs) It's
0: just there's a lot of questions involved with this thing. Do you need to have a nanny at all points just in case anytime you leave?
1: Yeah, that's weird. And like, I'm just gonna leave this kid here for two weeks. I'm gonna go on vacation.
0: You you keep growing in there. We're we're just gonna go drink booze <laughs> and eat sushi. We're gonna go to Walmart.
1: <laughs> oh, that's weird. No.
0: Nope. Uh, yep. Strange thing. Well, see, Hillary, thank you so much for sharing your story. Oh, with hey. Us.
1: Yeah. Not a problem. I
0: know it's a vulnerable thing sometimes. You
1: know. We got to be vulnerable. And I'm going to say something quite controversial. Not really. Um, Jesus was super vulnerable when he died for us. <laughs> I mean, like, dude was naked, right? Like, barren his soul.
0: This, this, this feels sacrilegious.
1: It's not. I'm, I'm trying to make a point.
0: The phrase, dude was naked, feels sacrilegious.
1: <laughs> Our Savior was naked. Is that better? Either way, you know, God has allowed me. I'm not going to say made me, but he's allowed me to go through this and allowed John to go through this. And I believe that's for a reason. You know, there have been so many things throughout my life that I've gone through where I can look back and I can see God's hand moving and working. So I know that he never wastes the hurt. Yeah. And so, you know, who am I to say, you know, God has done a miracle in our lives, but I'm going to keep this miracle to myself. I don't want to do that and if it helps somebody to say you know what maybe what i need is to see a therapist to just cry on a couch for an hour oh my gosh i loved it it was amazing yeah and it was very helpful um so if i can help somebody then that's fine that's exactly why god allowed me to go through this
0: and that is the difference between a a vital reaction and a victim reaction yeah i mean it's it's Coming into a situation where, of course, in the moment, oftentimes you did feel like a victim. Yeah. But you stuck with it. You kept going. And then when it was all over, instead of being offended that it took so long or angry at God uh, for the situation, you look back and you realize... What was God trying to teach me there? How do I grow as a person from this? Yeah. And what lesson do I take forward to other people who are struggling in the same vein? True. That's something that we should be doing with every bad thing that we encounter in our yeah. life. Mm-hmm. Grow from it. Figure out a purpose behind it. Yeah. Um, something that I also said this past Thursday in, in our CR thing was was not everything happens for a reason or a purpose. But God can give purpose to everything that happens. Oh yeah, God. I, you know, I don't think God intended for you to be, you know, in pain emotionally uh, and struggling for so long. But there was a purpose that He gave to that situation. Yes. And He grew you in that. Mm-hmm. And, the I mean, the, the, that's that's a that's a wider lesson. Uh, that's that's in in every situation in our lives. Uh, not every bad thing that happens to us, not every unfortunate thing that happens to us, was because God's like, "Hey, let's do that today." Yeah. But you know, sometimes. But yeah, God can take every situation that we've been in, every pain, every struggle, and say, "Okay, you had to go through this. Let's give it some meaning." Yeah. And uh, I think that's a good place to to be in, mm-hmm. and a good place to stop.
1: I agree with both of those things.
0: (laughs) So coming up next, uh, we will share something that we love.
1: We'll be back in just a few minutes. We're going to be back in a few minutes with the morning side hug right here on Back Row Radio.
0: Welcome back to the Morning Side Hug as our show is coming to a close for today.
1: Um, but first, I want to share something that I love. What I love, I'm not going to talk about my kid because I just did that for a long time. Um, <laughs> I love that baseball is back. We might not have fans in the stadiums.
0: Did you Have you watched any of it, like literally yeah. a full game?
1: Well, I couldn't watch a full game because I was at your house. On That's
0: right. But I mean, is, 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 is it lacking something without fans?
1: Nope. No? It's beautiful. The Boston Red Sox won on Friday. <laughs> I'm wearing my Red Sox shirt today. It's a beautiful thing. Okay. I love the smell of fresh cut grass, hot dogs in the air, drunk people in the stands. Like, There's no drunk people, but, you know, baseball. I love baseball. It's America's pastime.
0: Yeah. I, I feel like there are some things that would – some sports that would be okay without fans. It would be basically the same watching them on TV.
1: I mean, really – Baseball without fans is just like high school baseball. Essentially,
0: yeah. Yeah. And I think football could be fine without fans. Yeah. I don't think basketball could be fine without fans. I feel like the fans actually play a pretty important role in the live aspect of a game. Especially like during free throw time, you know, they're always like waving towels and stuff uh, behind the glass yeah. thing to throw them off. Glass thing? The glass. What is the backboard? The backboard? I'm not a you, sports guy. <laughs> you love right? sports, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> Golf would be fine without fans because it's essentially that already. Golf. Because golf sucks. Go
1: away forever and I wouldn't
0: be sad. Wrestling. It's fine. Not really fine without fans, I don't think. You
1: know, here's the thing.
0: Little bit better with lately, they've been like bringing out like the backstage people to be around the ring and Mm -hmm. have a little bit of hooping and hollering, but there's nothing like. A, like a huge pop when, like that. when something unexpected The Monday happens. Night
1: Raw right after WrestleMania. Yeah. It's the best Raw of the year. It's supposed to be fantastic. And this year it was garbage. garbage. Right.
0: WrestleMania largely was garbage, but given what they had to work with, we were impressed. Yeah. yeah. But still.
1: It was nice because you weren't at my house for seven hours. Well. So.
0: I mean, I don't want to be there either, but (laughs) I do want to watch (laughs) WrestleMania with people.
1: That's all right.
0: (laughs) Y'all are the only ones offering to let me in. So as long as I bring uh, cheese puffs.
1: Yes. (laughs) Those are allowed. (laughs) Definitely.
0: All right. let's close out the show with the Bible verse for today. Revelation 3, 5. The one who conquers will be clothed thus in white garments, and I will never blot his name out of the book of life. I will confess his name before my father and before his angels. Thank you for joining us. There is a Back Row Morning Show every weekday at 10 a.m. Eastern, 7 a.m. Pacific. Mo and I bring you the morning side hug most of the week, and Bubba Nana bring you church nerds every Friday.
1: Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Back Row Radio. Join our laughter-inducing Facebook community. It actually is really funny. I wouldn't endorse something that I didn't actually like. Um, Back Row Baptist Church by going to backrowbaptist.com.
0: If you miss a morning show, you can subscribe to the podcast version of The Morning Side Hug on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and most podcast apps, and catch up on our new Monday through Wednesday shows.
1: Did you say that any faster? I've said it
0: a lot, so.
1: <laughs> if you love what we do here on The Morning Side Hug and at Back Row, on Back Row Radio as a whole, we'd love for you to join our Patreon to help support us. Even a monthly commitment of $1 will get you access to everything on our Patreon feed, including nearly 50 exclusive Throwback Thursday podcasts, taste test videos, and early access to special projects and more
0: <laughs> that's it for the show for the next month or so we'll be taking a bit of a lighter schedule with new episodes on monday and tuesday a new best of on wednesday and thursday will be a toss-up might be another best of a show rerun or something else that was a total surprise like last week we had our first ever back row morning show mixtape with the best of the quarantine showcasing uh, some of our best discussions on the morning side hug and on church nerds uh all <laughs> in one show very fun uh, we will be back tomorrow. We hope you will, too. Once again, I'm Matt. I'm Hillary. Remember that Jesus loves you.
1: And I got a kid right here.
0: And? <laughs> in, my,
1: in my in my womb. What's the name?
0: I'm not telling you. <laughs> <laughs> and if you see us around, we love a side hug. Bye. Don't not hug that me. tricky.
1: Don't hug me.